Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hello and welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast based out of Chico, California. My name's Max Minardi. And that newscaster that you just heard from is Johnny Summers. Just kidding. That was Max. (laughs) I thought about the other day, just if we randomly switched. I know most of the people that actually regularly listen would know, but I figure we'd catch a couple new listeners who would just start listening at the time where we had switched identities and be very confused. And then I realized it was right. a bad idea, but then you kind of almost did it. And I think that mm-hmm. we're kind of we're kind of synced up psychologically now, which I really, <laughs> really like. We are. We're synced up. You know, you spend enough time together in quarantine, you get synced up. Yeah, or at least enough time talking on the phone together in quarantine, you know? That's right. We I've, just went beer shopping together today, too. I was we'll get to what we're talking about in a little while, but because that's really interesting too. I told you that I was trying to go get um from Sierra Nevada Brewing the hard kombuchas that we're gonna cover on our Patreon content. But mm-hmm. it was too much of a process, and it probably took me like 12 minutes to realize that. And then I left, went to SNS where we got our beers for the show today, and then you were like, oh, I'm actually around the corner. And then we we lined up, and that wouldn't have happened had I not tried Sierra Nevada first. I just think, you know, another another little point to being like, yeah, we're on the same wavelength these days. Ser- serendipitous. Yeah, man. Could you tell people really quickly where they can find us on the internet before we dive into our sweet, sweet content? It's- you know what the name of the show is. Just Google it. It's not hard. I'm pretty sure I said it. <clears throat> Fine. Uh, <laughs> Fresh Hop Cinema. <laughs> at Fresh Hop Cinema on Instagram, Twitter, and Untapped. Facebook is at Fresh Hop Cinema Pod. Letterbox at Max Minardi and at Johnny Summers. Uh, if you want to follow along for all of our movie exploits, you can email us at fhccast at gmail.com, like Nick Land did. Uh, love his contributions to the show. Mm-hmm. You can also find us on freshhopcinema.com. It's a really nifty little website that Max made. It's pretty. It's nice looking. It's fun. Spend some time there. Check it out. Feel it out. Move around. Uh, you can also check us out on patreon.com slash freshhopcinema. Uh, that's, if you don't know what Patreon is, you can uh, support creative artists like us because, you know, this is art, dude. Yeah. This is art and it's important. We have to watch movies and get drunk to entertain you. <laughs> Equals art. Yeah, so for, for sure. as little as one dollar per week, you can help support this show, keep us drinking beers and going to the movies. Maybe again someday. Uh, and Max has a couple announcements regarding Zoom. Uh, yeah, yeah, on, yeah, yeah. Zooming yeah. and Patreoning and and stuff. Yeah. So we had a we had a Zoom. Uh, what's I, conference feels way too formal. What's the right a Zoom Zoom hang a Zoom hang? Yeah, we had one scheduled for last Saturday. Um, it ended up falling through because. Uh, well, a couple reasons. Johnny was out of town, so he was. We were gonna have to push a little bit. I forgot about it, um, and did, forgot to post uh, on all of our groups about it. So it's mostly me, but I want to share it with you. So we'll say it's okay. equal. Equal parts. Well, back on time, but sure. Okay, fair enough. I think probably the biggest thing, and this is a call back to what you just said about Nick's contributions via email. He said he was talking to our friend Brian Massa. And I know him. Yes, you do. And they were saying like four o'clock is a little bit early for some people who are still working. I hadn't considered that. I forgot that jobs existed because I haven't had one for so long. So all that to say. Yeah, job, jobs exist. They bro. do. All that to say this Saturday, uh, the 23rd, I think it is, at 7.30 p.m., we're going to really go for this thing. We're going to have another Zoom hang. If you want the details on that, uh, either sign up on Patreon or if you're already on Patreon, uh, look for some notifications in your email or check our Facebook group. 
and I will post it there as well. One final that's note. The, yeah, go ahead. That's the kind of fun stuff that you could be a part of when yes. you join Zip Patreon. Yeah, and one more for the for the uh, more uh, financially um, interested people. There's a little bit of a thing changing in Patreon. Just heard about it today. There are some tax laws going into effect where I believe uh, they're going to charge you. I don't fully understand it yet, but you're going to get charged maybe a little bit more, somewhere between four and eleven percent of your contribution, I think. If you want to know more about that, you can look it up on Patreon. So if you see a charge on your card and you're like, what is this? This is vastly different. We're not now it's like skimming off the, the way, top. From the way that you've said it and what would make more sense to me, just hearing the little data that I have, if they're taxing contributions, wouldn't that more affect our bottom line than the people actually contributing? Like, well, like a sales tax. So I think that Patreon is all about making sure that the artists or the the creators get whatever they can. So I think instead of um, taxing us that extra, I think they're applying it to the patrons. Wow. They're going to like add a service fee just for donating. Yeah, it does kind of, are we sure, are we sure about that? Um, like, are we hundred percent? No, we have our facts no, in a row here. No, not at all. No, I skimmed this okay. article uh, right before we got on the line. So all right, we should probably read it more thoroughly before we make an announcement. Yeah. You know, I'll, uh, I'll copy and paste this and I'll, I'll send a, a quick email to the podcast email so that we can skim it. And if anybody wants that, I can send it to you as well. Just so we're all on the same page. That's what I wanted to mention. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then Fair very, enough. very lastly, since we spoke last week, Johnny, it's been actually a long week. We're coming out on a, on a Wednesday night tonight. So, uh, a little longer than usual, but we have had two birthdays, uh, Patreon type folks and at least past and present. We have Kyle and Austin both had birthdays. So wanted to give a big shout out to you guys. Uh, congrats on making it around the sun or the sun making it around you, depending on what you believe one more time. Once more around the sun we go. Yeah. Uh, I think please that's specify, all I have. Please yeah. specify which Austin of which you speak. Oh, that's true. Austin Smith. There we go. Yeah. Happy birthday, man. And happy birthday, Kyle. Huzzah. I happy briefly birthday, saw Kyle. you for a moment. Yeah, I think I saw him for a second the day before his was, birthday. Yeah, same here, actually. That's what I meant. Nice. Uh, okay, that's all my housekeeping. I say we dive into what is going to shape up to be, I think, a very interesting beer um, that you picked out. Yes. Yes, I did. We're done reporting on on things that we don't have all the facts. Yeah, about. I just, we got to get out of it. <laughs> got to just dive yeah, into the It's familiar. fine. Just run. Pull the, pull the ripcord. <clears throat> yep. Shoot. Deploy. <laughs> uh, call Monty. Get his reserve. All right. Okay. Um, so yeah, this beer caught my eye because the can is absolutely amazing, and chances are I'm like a like a goldfish when it comes to cool beer cans. Like if you make a really cool can that's unique and different that like has a sloth wearing a top hat on it, I'm probably gonna buy it. <laughs> uh, and yeah. that's the case this week with the beer called Monty's Reserve from Double Nickel Brewing Company out of Pensacon Township, New Jersey. Uh, it's a kettle sour that is aged on Madagascan vanilla. Yeah. It's clocking in at four and a half percent. And it has a four point zero one out of a hundred or eight hundred and eleven ratings on untapped, which yeah. is real good. And as it's also, I didn't mention it's a, a raspberry kettle sour. Yeah, also conditioned. Yeah, four point zero one out of uh, five, not ten. I think that's no, worth, yeah, worth yeah. noting. Yeah. That's true. That's that's a good point. Because we yeah. rate out of ten well, most of the time. We do stuff, so it's we always say like, yeah, on untapped, it's four, and it's like, you know, that's pretty shitty. Uh, yeah, no, like that's awful. Five. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So essentially, the can drew me in, and hopefully, the liquid is good. Uh, have you tried it yet? What's it look like? What are you smelling? What are you s- 
seeing? Why are you burping? You know, that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm, so just pouring it, it looks straight up like guava juice, like a carbonated guava soda. It's this like rich pink kind of, I'm trying to hold it up to the light and it's almost, almost tough to see through. It looks really thick. It's super carbonated looking. I haven't had a chance to try it yet, but just pouring it into my glass just smells like a little breath of heaven, tropical heaven. Yeah. Uh, what about yeah. you? Have you have you tried it? Yet? I just tasted some of it. Yeah, lay it on uh, me. This this is a very interesting and unique situation that's happening. Uh, this is somewhere between a kettle sour and some sort of raspberry milkshake. Yep. This reminds me of like strawberry milk poured over uh, frosted flakes. You know what uh, this tastes like, dude? And I don't know that you would know this necessarily, but it tastes like. Um, Perhaps a sour with lactose. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that. It doesn't have it. It would have to have said it, right? You're not going to die. You would, yeah, I, I think it would have to have said that. Well, I think that's really great then because you are getting a lot of that creaminess that usually uh, is only enjoyable with some type of lactose added. Yeah. Yeah, this is a real different type thing, man. Uh, it's not as tart as I expected. Mm-mm. I was expecting, you know, a punchy, almost like fruit punch tart type thing happening and it's really on the sweeter side it's mellow and it's super vanilla like you get it's a super vanilla that's like vanilla frosting dude almost. i i really like it it's it's pretty good you've been on like a tart goza like kettle sour yeah. thing lately you've been liking them well you've been picking them out and they've just all been really good i think the one that jumped to mind was the one from hen house that we talked about but like we've had a few yeah. on the show recently, and I'm like, you know what? The, the weather's warming up a little bit, and it's just a really solid, low-alcohol, delicious little drink. I, and this one's yeah. – yeah, this one's great. The vanilla is throwing me off in a really good way. The I feel like it adds mouthfeel. I mean, this beer is – it it's thick. It tastes – like it has a lot mm-hmm. of body to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know necessarily if that's a bad thing. I think it's – it doesn't really drink as light as I'd want it to. You know what I mean? Yeah, for it's, sure. It's a little viscous for for as light and fluffy and fruity mm-hmm. as the flavor palette is. It, it does kind of get into that almost vanilla, like I said, vanilla frosting or pudding type territory. Yeah, I think you weren't super far off when you mentioned that it could be like a milkshake, maybe even a milkshake IPA. Or like a smoothie. Sure, or a smoothie. Yep, I feel like there's a lot yeah. of milkshake IPAs that are called like something smoothie mm-hmm. or whatever. Um yeah, I don't know, man. It's definitely weird. It's, I think, memorable. And I fortunately really like what it's doing, but I could see how this could be off-putting if you're going for the traditional sort of light uh, kettle sour. Yeah. But I'm Yeah, I'm it's not it. light at all. No, but I'm I'm really into it. Like, really into it. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I think oh, it's fantastic. Um, I'm going to drink a little bit more. Um, can you talk about the can a little bit more? You only talked about... I mean, you talked about the main part. You only mentioned the sloth wearing a top hat, but there's way more going on in this can. Oh, yeah. He's wearing a top hat. He's got a monocle, and there's a flower. He's got a flower for one eye, and he's holding on to a palm tree with raspberry fruits instead of, like, coconuts. Uh, it's just, a su- like, super eye-catching. You've got vivid, like, purples and pinks and greens yeah. and some yellows and, like, <clears throat> on a white background. It's very eye-catching. Dude, yeah, it's it really is, and it's so. Oh, I, I keep looking for something bad too. I'm coming in like, all right, something's gonna get me and rub me the wrong way, but it hasn't yet. Um, this brewery's only been around since 2015, and I was trying to do some digging earlier uh, about kind of what inspired this beer or 
anything about this beer really on their website and they actually don't have it, which yeah. kind of surprised me, but right. they have a bunch of other beers. They have their, what they call their, their core series. And they have a, a Pilsner, a Belgian golden ale, a Vienna lager and a session IPA and a normal IPA or just regular IPA. Um, yeah. But like, and I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a key lime beer too on their website. Yeah. Oh, maybe I'm looking in the wrong spot then, but, it's oh, I see it's, it down it's, here. It's called Key Lime Ripe. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, Sounds I like, they, there are some like these little experimental sort of things. They have, um, this looks like it was in the past, forgive me for um, not really understanding their uh, their layout of their website, but there's one that they had made, I think. It was a test batch and it was uh, double, double the nickel, double the pickle, Goza. And on that beer, they say pickle juice has long been a secret to staying refreshed and hydrated, uh, brewed with cucumbers, sea salt, coriander, and pickling spices. This pickle-inspired goza will quench your thirst when nothing else will. That sounds great. That sounds awful. Uh, no, really? Like a pickle goza? I'd be about it, man. I don't, I don't know. I would. I mean, I would try it, but I probably wouldn't like it. Yeah, I don't know. It, I'm getting the vibe that it's not so much supposed to taste like a pickle, but the spices might throw it that way i don't know yeah it's i mean i would try it for sure but it sounds strange this is an interesting brewery pensaukin is a interesting name for a town so i would expect nothing less, nothing less from a brewery in it yeah um they do have like yeah. a, a stout that i'd be interested in trying looks interesting which one they're uh nocturnal creatures stout just got oh, okay. a cool looking label nice yeah. yeah, it's cool to see it all the way over here. If you they have a distribution map on their website, and obviously New Jersey's blipped everywhere, and then there's some in Chicago and a little bit in the Carolinas, but it doesn't seem to make much distro this way. So I'm really excited that we've gotten the chance to to try this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I was really pleased to see it. I'm still kind of confused by this beer, though. To bring it back around, sure. Uh, in a, in a good way, or it's like rubbing you the wrong way. I'm finding not in a good way. Oh, no. Honest. Is it just the mouthfeel? Yeah. like the thickness of it that you're not digging? It, I think maybe my subconscious thinks it has lactose in it. <laughs> it's, mine does too, but that doesn't, that's not a thing for me to be scared about, so I, I feel you. Um, okay. Here's my problem with this beer. It's too sweet. It's, uh, it falls too close to a like, like raspberry cough syrupy, oh. cough droppy type sweetness. Okay. Um, and I want more bright tartness out of this to balance okay. out that sweetness and that vanilla. Uh, I, I mean, this is a kettle sour, barely. Like it's not very sour at all. If at all, if anything, it's it's vaguely tangy. But I wouldn't call this tart or sour at all. This is. It reminds me a little bit of like those strawberry uh, hard candies that your grandma had somewhere yeah. in her house. We just had this conversation um, about another beer that tasted like that. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. Not that long ago. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this one's not doing it for me, man. It's, it's too sweet. That vanilla, it does. It just tastes like frosted flakes mixed with like ras. like you ever had that Nesquik strawberry milk? Yep. That It tastes like you poured that, like I said earlier, over like frosted flakes and I'm, I'm not into it. Not even a little. So, Okay. So my only pushback there is that I was worried about this one going in because raspberry for me is so often like way too tart and punchy and I can't ever drink too much of it. So I mm. think that the vanilla, in addition to adding the mouthfeel that I enjoy, really mellows out kind of that punchy bitiness. Though I agree with you, somebody could have been like, this is a framboise. And I'm like, yeah, it is for sure. Like there's not, it's not sour. 
Like if I was going in wanting a really sour puckery beer, this wouldn't do it for me. Um, but I just personally really enjoy this beer. Okay. I think that's kind I, of where I'm landing. I, I, I'm not thinking I enjoy it. Okay. Well, let's give it, uh, let's give it an out of 10, shall we? All right. You want to go first since you like it or should I go first? Cause I don't. Why don't you go first? Cause you don't. All right. So for me, yeah, it's not particularly outstanding. I wouldn't say it's bad, but it just doesn't. If I'm going to get a, a kettle sour, I want it to be different. It's just not hitting everything that I wanted out of this beer. Okay. Uh, and just objectively speaking, I think it's a little imbalanced and it's not quite, I don't know. It's, it's just a little too sweet, too much vanilla, too much sweetness. It's it's too much like hard candy for me, and I wanted okay. it to be more like a like a sour gummy flavor. So for me, this is going to be a uh, like a four point two. Okay, yeah, all right. Where do you draw the line, by the way? Because I feel like we talked about this recently. Where oh, it was it was last week with the the megalodon. Before I reevaluated, for me it was like a four point something, and yeah. that below a four. I think is where I draw the line. Like I'm not going to drink any more of this. Yeah. Where's that line for you? Uh, like I'm not going to drink anymore. Okay. Um, it might be 4.2. Yeah. That's the, that's I, the I don't know off. if I, I will finish what's in my glass, uh, which is maybe half to, I don't know, less than half of the can total. Mm-hmm. I did not pour the whole beer in here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I'll drink the rest of it, but I think if it was there was any more in my glass than like the five ounces I have left, I probably wouldn't drink it. All right, that's yeah, that's helpful. That helps me know. But I'm a savage, and I mean, alcohol abuse is pouring things out, so I'm gonna <laughs> drink it real fast right now while you tell me why you liked it. You said that so casually. I've never heard you say that. Before. Alcohol abuse is pouring alcohol out, as if you are the alcohol is what is being abused. Exactly. I find that I find that quite humorous, if I do say so. <laughs> Um, yep. Okay, four point two for you. I'm coming double at. I'm a more than double. I'm coming in at a nine. This is great. Okay, I'm stoked about this beer. It's very refreshing, and I could drink a couple of these without blowing out my friggin' lymph nodes from salivating too much. Um, That's fair. I think th- you know one of the things is that when I drink a four to four and a half percent beer, it always feels a little bit um, too bubbly and too light. So I actually like the heaviness of this. It makes me feel like I'm drinking something without necessarily having to catch a super strong buzz just from drinking it. Mm-hmm. That's fair. It's yeah, very sessionable. I'm yeah, I'm I'm very much into this beer. Um now that we've both rated it, where or what it, what did this cost? And you bought it as a single, right? Yeah. Uh, it was in the five, six dollar range. Yeah, it's pretty expensive. But I you know, that's fine. That 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 affects the sessionability of it, I think. But yeah, I mean, it, it is also a very specialized uh style. That's true. Yeah. You know, I it's you know if you were paying this much and it was something like just a single IPA mm-hmm. and it, you, you didn't feel super strongly about it, but I think that the nuance of a beer like this will add to its, you know, repurchaseability. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. That's true. Did I just make up a word? I think yes. I mean, it didn't even sound made up. You said it so confidently. Yeah. You've, you, 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 people will believe anything if you say it confidently enough. Yep. You got this at SNS produce. Yes. Yes. Do you know if it's anywhere else around town? I do not. I haven't really looked for it. It was just something I'd noticed there in the past. So I, I can't say. I imagine it is, but I, I haven't looked. All right. Well, if you're here in Chico and you find it somewhere else, or you're in another state or another city and you find it, let us know. Again, that is Monty's Reserve from Double Nickel Brewing Company out of Pensaucan Township, New Jersey. Um, and we're going to move right along into Flick Picks. Johnny has something new that's not a movie. I have something of a movie that's not new. I don't know who wants to go first, but um, 
I think actually, you know what? I think uh, mine's a little more morbid given the subject matter. So why don't you go first? Okay. Yeah, my my flick pick this week is a comedy special that dropped May 5th, so roughly two weeks ago, yeah. give or take. It's called uh, 23 Hours to Kill by some guy you might have heard of before called Jerry Seinfeld. Sure. Uh, yeah, he dropped a new one-hour stand-up special, and it was very nice. It was very Jerry Seinfeld. A mm-hmm. lot of the the bits in it could have been skits on Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. It was it was nice. I mean, I just love his delivery, and it just feels you know familiar and comfortable. And like, I see sometimes how he's influenced my sense of humor and some of the, you know, I think any person that grew up in that era of watching Seinfeld and you know it absorbs into your your you know your person almost the the dry sarcasm and just uh delivery and you know you know in on the imdb description it says you know um uncovering comedy in the commonplace and that Mm. was kind of that's the whole point of seinfeld yeah that's his thing yeah you know what's the deal with airline (laughs) food yeah he's he's observational and and takes the mundane and tries to make it funny yeah and you know some of and he's gotten married he got married much later in life and you know, that was the, so the so there was a part in this that kind of lost me a little bit because he kind of got into the, you know, my wife, oh, you know, the, the, the tropes, but yeah. also like it wasn't too cliche and it wasn't, you know, offensive or anything. It was just kind of like it felt like it'd been done a little bit, but mm. like he's married now. So like now Jerry Seinfeld has to write jokes about being married. And it was interesting because right. he had a semi original take on a few things and some of his observations about being married. I mean, getting married in your fifties after never being married your whole life, uh, it's gotta be an interesting experience. And it was, it was pretty funny hearing him comment on it. But, um, I think the strongest work was at the beginning and the end. Sure. Uh, the middle part with the marriage stuff got a little, little lackluster for me, but overall it was a very entertaining standup special. It's actually rocking a 6.7 out of 10 with almost 3000 ratings on IMDb. That seem, I mean, slightly above middle of the road, I suppose. That's not yeah, maybe that's the greatest like, numbers to, but yeah, okay. Like, um, hey, this is a this is a good way to spend an hour. It's not the right. worst. It's not the best. So, I mean, like I said, I have a I have a movie that I want to talk about that's older, and it caught my attention. This is new. Like, when when was this recorded? Did you get a vibe? Like, did he bring it? Because Jerry Stein, again, like observational stuff. What's happening around? Was this like filmed during like the quarantine or the the COVID nineteen stuff, or or is this older? No, this was filmed last year. Last year, okay. So, okay, all right. So, I probably, wonder, probably late last now? year, early this year. Okay. That's the way these things work. A lot of times, yeah. a comedy special will be recorded. And it comes out like three months later, four months later. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, it depends on the comedian. Some comedians want their material to come out sooner because it's very topical, right? Um, to current events and stuff like that. But with this, it could have come out last year, next year. Okay, you know. It's more generational observations than, you know, specific timestamps that would be really relevant. So I don't think it was much of an issue waiting. So, yeah, it was at least filmed earlier this year. Definitely no pandemic material. Got it. Uh, Johnny Summers, where can I watch this if I want to? Uh, this is streaming on Netflix. Streaming on Netflix. Very easy. Yeah. And, and you sounds like a very strong would recommend? Um, yeah, I think it's worth a watch. If you like stand-up comedy um, and you like Jerry Seinfeld, it's, it's absolutely... Does not disappoint. Okay, well, here's the question then. What if you like stand-up comedy but don't love Jerry Seinfeld? 
give it a chance. Okay, that seems um, fair. Yeah, because if you like stand-up comedy but you don't like Jerry Seinfeld, that's it. Just I mean, if you don't like someone's style of comedy or their their delivery or their joke writing style, you I mean, if you don't like him and what he does, you're probably not going to like it. But yeah, you know. Comedy can be good. It can be hit or miss. I've seen stuff from comedians I don't usually like that I enjoyed. And I've also seen specials from comedians that I really like that, you know, it's not their my favorite, in my opinion, of their stuff. So totally. it's just, so, I mean, comedy is so fluid. It's always hit or miss. Like somebody puts out a new special, it could be the best thing they've ever done or like their absolute worst. So yeah, right. You never know. I'd say give it a try. All right. 23 hours to kill. Jerry Seinfeld, Netflix. I will put it on the list, dude. There you go. Plus, he uh, he jumped out of a helicopter into the bay in in New York for at the beginning of it. Just let me like, to get to the show. Yeah, there was That's this fun. whole little bit at the beginning about like being stuck in traffic. So he like calls a helicopter and then like, ju- and he actually did the stunt. They show him at the end, like in the credits, um, training to do this stunt with like Marines and stuff. And yeah, dude, oh, really? jumped out of a helicopter into the water. I feel like I feel like what you want to do in stand up is like make yourself relatable to your audience and to be like you know what you guys know how traffic sucks well fuck you i'm taking a helicopter (laughs) taking a i'm jerry seinfeld right uh yeah fair enough i know it's it definitely doesn't make him relatable but (laughs) it's pretty funny yeah Uh, he actually kind of touches on that like um about (laughs) he's like you know i must love this comedy stuff because i love being in front of you guys because let's be real I could be anywhere in the world right now. <laughs> like, I don't have to do this. I could literally yeah. be anywhere else. There's that really, uh, at this point, infamous clip he did. I think it was with, um, uh, I think it was Larry King when Seinfeld had just finished. They premiered the last episode. And King had made the mistake of saying, uh, like, was the show, like, how did it feel having the show canceled? And <laughs> he goes, the show wasn't canceled. Like he freaked out kind of in a jokey sort of Seinfeldian way, but like it was clear that it kind of poked a nerve in him. And ever since yeah. then, I feel like when I see him, he's like, I'm, you know, I'm a success. I could do whatever I want. I don't have to be here, but I'm, I'm Jerry. You know how Jerry, yeah. Jerry do. And you know how Jerry be. Yeah. That kind of thing. Hmm. That's interesting. You've never seen that interview. No, I'll send it to you. It's good. It's worthwhile. It's like, okay. The, the title of every single time it's in a video is like top 20 best celebrity freakouts on live TV. It's just all oh, caps and there's like emojis on either side and it's 2 a.m. and you're scrolling Facebook and you're like, I'll watch this, I guess. Yep. Yeah. Clickbait. Exactly. Clickbait. I like clickbait. Who doesn't, you know? Yeah. We all like clickbait. And on the same, in the same breath, I hate clickbait. Yeah. It ruins my hours. Yeah. Me too. Uh, you know, I want to move on because, you know, this pandemic's got me down. So I really want to hear about what your flick pick is. <laughs> Great, it's, buddy. Is it, something, yeah. is it something uplifting? Is sure. it happy? Is it like the newest cartoon movie? Is it a documentary about puppies, maybe? Yeah, let me go ahead and take all that positivity, flip that around, and tell you that I watched the 2011 film Contagion, <laughs> which oh, good. is a thriller, a pandemic-adjacent uh, thriller directed by Steven Soderbergh, uh, starring all sorts of people. You might have known Marion Cotillard. Matt Damon, Lawrence Fishburne, uh, Jude Law, Gwyneth Paltrow's in it, Kate Winslet, Brian Cranston, lots of folks. Jesus. Yes. Everybody's in this. I know. And I put it on last night because I hadn't seen it probably since it came out because why would you watch this? It's not applicable. And put it on. And within the first maybe 20 minutes, all these people show up and Gianna's there watching with me. She's like, wow. Whoa. Okay. He's in it. Well, she's in it. Wow. Um, 
And it's, you know, if you haven't seen Contagion, it's honestly, it's like a step further than what's going on right now over the course of like a year. So maybe it's not even a step further. We just haven't gotten there. Oh, good. You've seen Contagion and you remember it? No, no, I've never seen this. So it's sort of a worst case scenario of what could happen. Um, Basically, uh, a person played by Gwyneth Paltrow gets a disease and then goes to a casino and spreads it to a bunch of people. Then it takes over the world. And as I'm watching this movie, I'm like, maybe this wasn't such a good idea because now I'm I'm so much more um, maybe uh, sensitive is not quite right, but uh, scared is somewhere between sensitive and scared about what's going on because they do spend a fair amount of time in this movie sort of talking about the the one oh ones of a viral disease. And it's a nice reminder slash learning experience that I think when Soderbergh made it, it was like, this would be fun and no pun intended, but a novel idea. And, and like less than 10 years later, we're kind of living this and it's a little frightening, but ultimately it was a pretty well-made movie, really good performances. Um, and for me, a nice reminder that, you know, stuff's happening, um, a lot around, around the world right now. Cause I feel like it's been, okay. it's been a couple months now and I've seen more than, more than a few people be like, all right, enough's enough with this, like basically getting bored of the, yeah. of the quarantine and the pandemic. And it's, I don't know, like I read an article earlier today saying that we have like, I think eight new cases in the past three days and three people have gotten hospitalized in our County. And it's just so frustrating to see like people being like, well, it's f- fake news. And it's like, yeah, it's not though. It's not that. So. Right. I don't know. Case in point, yeah. we're still not recording in the same room. Exactly. Did I uplift you with my movie? <laughs> not not even a little. <laughs> yeah. Um, I no. Yeah. No. In fact, I'm I'm in a much worse mood and all the energy just <laughs> left my body. <laughs> Normally I wouldn't have picked this for a flick pick because it's it is an older movie and typically we we a lot flick picks in the show for new stuff, but it did feel uh harrowingly uh, topical. So I figured I'd touch on it briefly. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, sure. In hindsight, I should have gone first, and then we should have now gone into the Seinfeld thing. Yeah, now I want to just curl up in a ball and, <laughs> and suck on this bottle of whiskey. Uh, why don't Why don't we? I'm going to give you the opportunity to, to do that. I think we should take a quick break, uh, maybe clear the system, and come back and talk about a film called Lost Transmissions after a quick break. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're stuck at home and you're craving some food and craft beer, there's one place that you should absolutely go, and that's the Handlebar right here in Chico. Johnny, tell these fine folks about the Handlebar. Well, it's a fantastic restaurant that features uh, an ever-rotating menu of craft beers. They have full cocktail menu as well as wine. Some amazing happy hour deals every single day from 2 to what time? Help 2 to 6, my friend. Remember. 2 to 6. That's not even one hour. That's multiple hours of happy hour. Uh, you can get some great deals, including some money off draft beer, half off bottles of wine. And the coolest thing is they're actually open. You can go sit in there and have some food, have some drinks, and you can sit far enough away. There's no issues. They've reduced their seating by 50%. They're completely compliant. The patio is open if you want even more fresh air. Uh, get out there. Get some food uh, and do something that feels somewhat normal. Check them out. Handlebar Chico. I love it. Again, yeah, Handlebar Chico, they're located at 2070 East 20th Street. If you've never been, give them a call. Go down there. All sorts of good stuff for you to check out. Support local business. Handlebar Chico. We should record some of your old songs. 
Really? I think you've got something. I already do. Come in. Are you receiving me? Over. There's no music. You're the music. Your debut album. You get a vinyl release. I love your stuff. I thought this girl. You know my damage. This is a huge opportunity. I've got a line of songwriters down the hall trying to write for Dana Lee. Aaron wants me to write for Dana Lee. How cool. I just don't see you as just being like a cog in a big machine. Darren, I love her. I love her. I want her. Can I have her? You know, when a singer finds a writer they think sounds like them, they hang on for life. Come on, I want my next hit. Look here, listen really carefully. You can hear that transmission. They scare people. Don't scare me. That's nice. I like that. We've constructed like a whole made-up world, and it stops us from seeing everything how it really is. Stop thinking. What are you feeling? If you can put that into your work, then you're going to come up with something really great. That was a trailer for Lost Transmissions, a film that debuted at the Tribeca Film Festival in April of 2019. It was directed by Catherine O'Brien. It was her directorial debut, starring Simon Pegg and Juno Temple. It's currently holding an average of 6.45 on Rotten Tomatoes, so actually very similar to the Jerry Seinfeld stand-up special we just talked about. As we get into the discussion of this movie, we can talk about whether or not you liked it more or less than the stand-up special. But before we get into our thoughts, I wanted to read what Letterboxd has to say about the summary, and it's this. When an acclaimed music producer, played by Simon Pegg, goes off his medication for schizophrenia, his friends chase him through the L.A. music scene to help commit him to a psychiatric hospital, revealing the troubling inadequacies of the mental health care system. Um, off the bat, Johnny, I was going to change this, but I wanted to just have a discussion about how you feel about that summary of the movie. Uh, I think that's a bit vague, mm-hmm. and... Uh, it makes it sound like this movie has this uh, really firm agenda and point of view, mm. which it does, but I don't think it is as firm as this description would make you believe. Word. I think I... Good. Okay. I think we're on the same page. Um, yeah. That out of the way. What I mean, what did you think of this movie? We both rented it. Um, I think I rented it on Amazon Prime. What about you? Same Z's. Four ninety nine, baby. Yeah. Four, I, I saw it also available to buy for eight bucks. I was like, well, let's you know, three dollars more. Let's I'll calm. Just, let, let's just buy it. Let's calm down here. Lost transmissions. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I mean, after watching it, I don't think it's a movie that I necessarily would have wanted to own, but uh, that's fine. We both. It's available for rent or purchase. I would say definitely rent it if you're into this. But uh, what did you think of it, Johnny? Yeah. So I wasn't sure what to expect. I really didn't read much about it other than um, a brief description, kind of like what you read. So yeah. I went in with a pure open mind, no real expectations. And what I found was uh, a more personal and somewhat nuanced look at uh, the mental health of a person that became friends with a certain circle of people uh, and the troubles and trials and tribulations of not only having some severe mental health issues, but being around someone that is afflicted by by something like this. Totally. Uh, this this film felt very personal and very relationship-oriented, which was a fresh kind of 
I enjoyed the perspective that it was from within that it wasn't this broad overarching statement about mental health in this country or anything like that. It's about more like what it would be like if a friend of yours had like very serious mental issues that started surfacing for any, they could surface for any number of reasons. But Mm -hmm. um, the relationship based uh, movie making, I thought really worked. It felt very personal, very, um, like I said, relationship driven, uh, we're introduced to this character played by Juno Temple, who I think she was the standout in this movie. I'm pretty sure that's what was supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she did some amazing work in this. I really liked her performance in this. She had uh, layers of her own mental health and and interesting choices in her direction and the acting that she had to do. And her story arc was, was fairly interesting. And uh, I thought it was deeply sad, honestly, uh, but it was, you know, meant to be that way. It is not a lighthearted film by any means. Uh, I think it was a good take on, on that, on the personal relationship and interpersonal workings of dealing with someone in your life that has mental illness. And I think uh, it could be really uh, hard for some people to watch. It could be very triggering and also troubling and and saddening for more people. Uh, So definitely be aware of that going in. Like if you're in a a frail mental state yourself, this probably isn't the movie you should watch for entertainment. No, probably Um, not. But I think it told uh, an important story about those relationships in um, an interesting way, kind of a fresh way. I haven't seen a lot of movies that tackle mental health in, in this personal way. And uh, I, I overall, I think I liked it. It was kind of a tough watch. Uh, there were, you know, it was just wasn't the most pleasant movie to watch. But I think overall I liked it. What, what did you think? What's your take on it? Well, yeah, I I think I agree with a lot of the stuff you just said in terms of, of story. I think it is tough to watch and very personal. I was trying to think of another movie that we'd done recently that we dealt with schizophrenia and it was horse girl. And I was thinking about sort of the differences between these two. And the big one that I came up with is that when watching horse girl, you're sort of put in the shoes of the main character played by Alison Brie. And here you're, you're sort of just a passenger kind of dealing with the repercussions on the other side of things, which I think can often be more effective um, in understanding sort of what people go through that, that deal with schizophrenia or, or lots of different mental illnesses. Um, and I want to get into more of that stuff. Maybe when we get into the danger zone or even later on into this discussion, but what really struck me about this, and I think what was one of the big factors in leading to me not really liking this movie is that a lot of the pacing felt really, really uh, jolty and bumpy to me. We kind of start off where, where, they're at a, I think that's kind of one of the opening scenes is they're all at a party at Simon Pegg and Juno Temple and some of their friends. And he's sort of drunk playing the piano and like almost roasting people in song form. And he invites her up to sing. And then apparently they're like just maybe meeting or he's just learned that she can sing. And seemingly moments later, he's like, come to the studio. We'll make, we'll make a record. And then they're talking about her album cover. And then she gets signed as like the writer for somebody who is basically like a Katy Perry character played by Alexandra Daddario. And then it's like all that, that entire first sort of 30 minutes really left me confused in terms of my emotional attachment to these people. And it almost felt like the, the mental health stuff came really out of the blue. It, mm-hmm. it felt like this movie didn't have a trajectory at first and then almost like reached out to latch onto this one thing. 
and it left me feeling a little bit weird about like, why did I do this in the beginning? Like if this could have all been about that, it would have made a little bit more sense, but I don't know. And then I also feel like there's moments in this movie where there's like this back and forth where, yeah, like being off your meds, schizophrenia is bad if you don't do that. But then other times it's like, Hey, maybe if you get off your meds, like that's the truth. And I feel like that's kind of a dangerous slippery slope because he like the one scene in particular I'm thinking of is when he's mixing that band song and he's been mm-hmm. off his meds, but he's like doing a great job or whatever. And then one of the characters suggests like, Hey, maybe he should never be on his meds. Granted Juno temple's like, no, don't say that. But the scene really does feel like, Hey, maybe these meds are all a way of kind of like dampening your artistic creativity. And there's a few moments in the movie. And I, I just feel like it was sending mixed messages, which really uh, threw it off for me. Yeah, I mean, to to those points, there's a couple things I would say. I'm I'm curious about if you think it just needed a bit more um, character development because, I mean, in a practical sense, I mean, just the way you're describing it, it kind of is true to life in the fact that sometimes mental health issues do come out of nowhere. Uh, but mm-hmm. in the same breath, this is a movie like I, I kind of had some of the same issues. Like I wanted to be a bit more invested in some of these characters and it all, like you said, it was very jolty. Like all of a sudden she's writing songs for this person. And like, it yeah. feels like, th- it feels like her and Simon Pegg, like just met at this party. I, it you does know? feel like that. I, also, the other thing is I could be forgiving of it if it felt like it furthered the storyline, but I don't really get like why why have the entire arc of her having to struggle with being independent or sort of a cog in the capitalist pop music wheel like it didn't seem to matter too much by the end yeah it really it didn't it so, felt like yeah. a little unnecessary yeah like i don't know the the idea of wrapping up a mental health issue sort of in the music industry was a weird move too um i get the idea of creativity being, um, or, or at least having to take medication, being a cap on your creativity and, and wanting to let that out. But yeah. It, and it just seems like almost like a sloppy way of trying to get that message across by being like, he's a great producer. And now here's this kind of half-baked pop star who sings songs that he makes. Also, I, <laughs> I hate Juno Temple's voice. It was the worst. Yeah. I was cringing every time she would sing. I don't know if that I don't know if I should criticize the movie for that, but I'm gonna because it was rough. It wasn't great. Did right? not like it at all. I, 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 I don't know. And then the whole emphasis of her being the writer, but every time we'd get a song, it'd be like one line. Like there was no yeah. development on her actual writing. It, we're just supposed to like <laughs> she, she's a she's an amazing writer, and this like a level pop star wants to hire her. I don't know. It was weird, man. Which, yeah, yeah, I mean, a lot of that had a bit of a feeling like it totally contrived, you know. Yeah, you know, I was wondering how you were going to react to the the music and musical <laughs> aspect of this film because, I mean, considering that's what you do, you're going to be the most critical of it, and then you're reacting as I pretty much suspected you would. You know, the other thing, because I mean, we've had our fair share of sort of musical um, focused movies over the past year or so. Like, if you think of what's it, like a Star Is Born is a pretty obvious one. Um, or like what came to my mind was hearts beat loud, uh, yeah. with Nick Offerman and Kiersey Clemens. The thing about that movie is that even though I had some issues with the, the music production scenes, the songs were fun and like really get the songs were not good here. Like I didn't like it at all. 
I yeah. can't think of any of them, which I feel like is kind of, if you're writing for, I really think she was going for like a Katy Perry type thing. Uh, like they need to be catchy pop songs and they weren't like his production was, it was like weird indie music. None of it made sense. Why would, why would she love those songs? Even when she sings, they're nothing like that. It didn't make sense to me on a lot of levels. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so the musical side of it and also the, the actual brass tacks of it being a movie that needs to make sense. Didn't, yeah, dude, didn't I would, I would forgive you. one or the other. Like if you, if you have a team of writers making this movie and Catherine O'Brien is like, all right, don't know much about music, so let's just use this as a conduit to get our main message across. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's it fine. definitely has the vibe of, like, you know, we need to make a movie about the schizophrenic person. Um, sure. That, you know, and then... But did you? what did you think about it at the beginning when they said it was based on a true story? Uh, I didn't see that. Is that true? Yeah. I didn't see that. Um, hmm, that's weird. Yeah, it was like at the the beginning of the movie, like the very beginning. Huh. Well, yeah. Um let me just let me just process see if that changes anything. Um you know, not really like I don't know. It, I'm sure maybe this is true. Maybe this is all true. Um I don't I don't mean I don't hope this doesn't sound cool, but like not every true story makes a good movie. Yeah, I like, mean, that's fair. And it can be a good story and not a good movie. Or it could be a good story that could have been a good movie, but the people in between that make the movie don't do it justice. And I I, I don't know what the case is here. But for me, yeah, like it didn't have the music stuff. It didn't have the trajectory in, in terms of um, sort of the core message. I'm not, I was torn at points like, is this about this man's struggle with schizophrenia? Is it commentary on how we as a society deal with people with mental illnesses? Or is it about Juno Temple's character? And and I don't know. It it left me wanting in many, many areas. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's fair. I think I liked the story. I kind of, I mean, I liked what it was trying to do. I don't necessarily like all the ways it got from A to B. Yeah. I, yeah, okay. I think that's that's about as fair of an assessment as I'm going to give it. Yeah, I, I will say that, I mean, the third act was, was probably the strongest. I think that you do get sort of the only glimpses of character development and any type of real resolution towards the end of the movie, which is nice. Cause at least there was some, some, um, finality to all this versus yeah. if it had just kind of pittered out and, like, and then they lived on for more days. It'd be like, all right, what was the, like, what's the point? Um, mm-hmm. so I liked sort of the, the, the conclusion of it all. Yeah. It definitely struck me as like a movie about the struggle, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't know. The, the emphasis was on the struggle and the, the hardships of the real interpersonal relationships and stuff. But yeah, I, I completely hear and agree with a lot of what you're saying about like just movie making wise. It just, it was a bit jumbled and confused yeah. and like, you know, a movie like horse girl, a good example, like that was, it felt more jumbled and confused with purpose. Totally. Like, but this was just jumbled and confused in a simply like linear the way this movie's going way. Um, yeah. But I mean, if, if it was intentional, it, it, I don't know if it was done well. Yeah. Agreed, man. Well, let's, let's give lost transmissions an out of 10 for now and we can revisit it later if we feel it is necessary. Yeah. Uh, out of 10, I feel pretty confident given it this, I would say probably about a 6.4. 6.4. Okay. Uh, it's a four for me. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. And we'll talk about more later if we need to. Um, in the meantime, dude, my glass is, is quite empty and I would love we'll to have it that. not be that way. So why don't you tell me what I'm about to pour into it? 
Yep, that's our movie. We're done with it. Yeah, yeah. You, you usually give an outro. Did you forget the outro? You I always f- say like we're we're putting this movie to bed. You're right. I guess I felt sort of uninspired. I, my my outro in that case was like we'll talk about it later if we want to. <laughs> the lost yeah, transmissions. <laughs> I know you literally just told this movie to fuck off. Okay, wait. Let me take another. <laughs> let me take another run at it. Here it <laughs> Which, is. <clears throat> I mean, that's fine. We can be done like that. We're like, all right. So that's our rating. Bye. No. Can okay. I have a beer, please? I'm taking another run. Here it goes. <clears throat> uh, all right, man. It's a six point four for you. It's a four for me. I think there might be some stuff to explore in the danger zone. But in the meantime, that's our thoughts on Lost Transmissions, a film that you can rent on Amazon. Prime and other places. Johnny, what are we drinking next? No, I like the first one better. <laughs> Do the first one again. <laughs> All right, man. 6.4 of you, four for me. Fuck off, movie. I'm thirsty. That's see, <laughs> I, I just wasn't expecting it. I yeah. like the first one because it's way more real. Sure. Like I, I respect the vitriol and the the doneness. Yeah. So I'm going, I'm my option, I'm voting for option number one. All right. I'll just I think that's how you should know about of movies that you don't like from now on. You know what we could do for some quality Patreon bonus content is every segment we end, do like three or four versions and then like put the ones we don't pick on Patreon. God, that'd be so much editing, but yeah. Yeah, so much. All right. And that movie was an absolute disaster. Can we please drink some uh, beer for the love yeah. of God? Yeah. Anyways, for sure, though, moving on from yeah. Lost Transmissions, we're going to get into our second beer picked out by me, uh, the beer reclamation specialist. I don't know if we're that reclaiming works. it. Just, sure, whatever. I'm the repossessor. I will steal your beer if you haven't paid for it. <laughs> uh, we're going to be drinking a beer called Hot Beard Mountain Man IPA. Uh, I'm not going to say the Mountain Man because it doesn't say it anywhere on the can. It doesn't. On their website. It's online and their website. Yeah, it's called Hot Beard, and it's brewed by Fanta Flora Brewing out of Morgantown, North Carolina. It's an IPA, it's 6.9%, and it's 70 IBUs. And guess what? That's it. That's all the information they want us to have, so that's all we're going to tell you. I think that's fair. I did, you know, I'm pulling it up now one more time just to make sure, but... Um, no, I looked. I looked at their website. No, it's it's not on their website. It's not there, but I did see something on Untapped that I think gave me... Um, a list yeah, of the hops I just, used. I just don't care if they don't take the time to put it on their website. They make the beer. You sound like uh, you sound like um, uh, what's his name? Ray Zelinsky. It's or is it him? It's not on the box. You need the guarantee on the box. Yeah, I can get a good look at a T-bone <laughs> steak. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's good. That's, I'm just saying. Tommy Boy. Have we ever done that, like on a bonus episode or anything? I don't know, but that's one of my favorite movies of all time. Great movie. Yeah. I was raised on that movie. Oh, me too, dude. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, man, I don't really care what else I can find on the internet because their website should be the most thorough, the best, most detailed, and it's not. Well, that's in, all the information they want us to have about it. Then that's fine. Well, in the interest of speaking for people that whose website maybe isn't always up to date, I'm going to say the one thing that I found on Untapped, which is that this is intensely hopped with Simcoe, Citra, Amarillo, and CTZ hops, and that's it. All right, which is all still right. not a whole lot of info. No, and I no. have no way of checking if it's true. And you know what's funny? Uh, from what I gather online, this is like their flagship. This is, is like right? their shit. Yeah. Um, before, right before we started recording and you opened yours up, you said, ah, beer that smells like beer, presumably, mm-hmm. uh, in response to that kettle sour, which did not smell totally like a kettle sour. Um, so have you tasted hot beard IPA from Fontaflora yet? I have, and I like it a lot. A lot. Ooh. Mm-hmm. What do you like about it? It's, it's hoppy and real punchy, but none of that bitterness lingers. 
it finishes with this nice kind of mouthwatery bitterness, which is is real nice. Mm-hmm. It's super drinkable. It's very, very, very well balanced. There's not too much of anything on this beer. Uh, this is a fantastic IPA. I'm going to go ahead and say that right now. Wow, throwing out the F word. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't give it that much praise. For me, it's it's pretty like I hate. To, actually, I don't hate to say it. It's been a while. It's pretty fine for me. Um, it is a straightforward IPA that tastes like an IPA, so I'm into that. Um, it's I got wanted some earthy notes to it. Yeah, I wanted something a little bit more, a little more pizzazz would have would have been fun for me. I'm in a, I don't know, maybe it's my mood. I just want something fun and exciting. And this is this is very. Well, <laughs> The oh first beer was exciting. Yeah. You hated the movie. You need something to be excited about. <laughs> yeah. And there's no vanilla or raspberries or glitter in this. No, and I want some glitter, man. Give me that shimmer. Uh, yes. It's it's good. It's a very it's a very solid IPA. I don't think I would as you might say travel for this. Um it's it's not going to stay on my radar too intensely, but it is it is good and solid and I'm not mad that I have to drink it or that I get to drink it even. Yeah, don't say you have Sorry. to drink yeah. it. I'm going to come to your house and smack you, son. Well, that'll give me I the have Rona. to drink this. Um, Jeez. It's good, man. It's I think 6.9% is a pretty solid bang for, I don't know what the buck was, but a really quality number to have your ABV be at for an IPA of this sort of flavor profile. I think it's a, if it was you know, less, I'd be like, okay, why then? Does that make yeah, sense? It's It's simple. It's a simple beer, but sing like IPAs should be simple. Uh, you know, there's there's beauty in the simplicity of a well-made single IPA. See, I would almost say that it could be simpler then. Like there is a little bit going on here, but um it's like it's not the same as a an IPA that would be made with a single hop that was featuring just that hop. It does feel like there's a bit of an amalgamation happening. A little, yeah. And there's I, definitely yeah. some earthiness and some different things happening. Yeah, and and this could be personal preference too, but the earthy, almost heavy sort of not not malty by any stretch, but um, a heavier hoppiness where it's not so bright and maybe citrusy. It's it's definitely more earthy and kind of um, almost vegetal kind of vibe going on. It it just feels like a heavier thing to me, flavor wise. Dank and dark. Yeah, I always attribute dankness to sort of brightness, but that's not mm. that's not correct. No, this is dank in the way that like a cave is dank. Yeah, that's true. Like in the actual definition of like damp, it's like yeah, dude, that's I it's mean, just there's like water dripping. There's there's stalactites and stalagmites sure. that are just sweaty. Why are they always sweaty? I don't know. You ever notice that? Like in caves, all yeah, the rocks every are just, day. They look sweaty. I know you're first you're, thing you're, I notice when I go caving. You you've been known to spelunk. spelunk. <laughs> yeah, I actually have never done that, but I I'd like to. We should go up to the Shasta Caverns. All right, great. You ever been? Nope. We could go get way down deep in some caves, bro. You know, there's two places on Earth where natural light doesn't reach, and one is in a cave, and one is uh, at the bottom of the ocean. The Mariana Trench. Where natural light doesn't naturally get to. Obviously, like in a building with no windows, there's no light, but that's man-made. Just wanted to say that. I'm not an idiot. So... You're not saying that there's only like one cave on no, Earth no, no, no. that light doesn't get into. No, no, no. caves. <laughs> They're a natural yes. occurrence formed by years and years of the Earth doing its thing, where light yeah. doesn't get to naturally. Yeah. Pretty cool. Makes it pretty scary, also. Like Hell it, yeah! You shouldn't go to, if you don't know what you're doing. Maybe don't go into caves. You've Certainly, seen these crazy alone. people that scuba dive in underwater caves. That's so. I would never. I might. Where there's no light. Yeah. 
Nah, bro. Nah. I actually heard a great podcast on stuff you should know uh, about caving. And there's like those guys are the most extreme, like people that have caved for a living are like, those guys are nuts. No way ever would I do that. It's so dangerous. I don't know. Yep. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't either, man. I'm not a spelunker. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. I've never spelunked. I might spelunk with you. That'd be fun. I, cause that's just to be clear. That's when you sort of repel into a cave. No, no. Uh, spelunking is just the exploration of caves. It is. Yep. No. Oh. it's one of my favorite oh. words in the English language, especially as a hobby is what the <laughs> definition says. And the example that is used on dictionary.com is, quote, Neil spoke of the virginal spelunking in the mountains. Okay. That's a sentence. <laughs> okay. Hold oh, on. God. There's another. Ah, looking down on yeah, yeah. Google. You can't keep what looking. Is sp- I know. Let's just not go down it. We're both looking at the same thing. <laughs> Google it if you want. I recommend don't. Sexual spelunking. Yeah, that was your first question. What is sexual spelunking? Uh, no. Oh my god. I'm <laughs> I can't do this. That's the funniest thing I've ever read. You oh, have to Google I, that right I now. I don't like it. <laughs> oh, I'm tearing up a little. <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Mm. But yeah, we should go to um uh, the the Shasta Yeah, try cage. to say try to save this. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Tie it back together. No, it's fine. Um, hey, I was looking back at Untapped, and just on here it also says Hotbeard Mountain Man. So I'm confused. Mountain Man, yeah. On their website it says, you know, uh Hotbeard Mountain Man IPA. Yeah. Oh, maybe so you're saying like maybe the it's actually called Hotbeard and then it's a mountain like like Megalodon was a legendary IPA. This is a mountain man yeah, IPA. Exactly. Breweries are getting real, real creative with this. Yeah, they're they're getting a little too ballsy with just deciding stuff is things. Totally. So stuff is not stuff, things. Nope. Man. You can't just do that. Stuff is not things unless we all decide it's things. You can't just decide stuff is things. I was thinking about calling Fonta Flora right now, but they're closed. So that sucks. God, they make a lot of beers too. Well, maybe just we'll look at their website. It just keeps this. going and going and going and going. Does I it? I swear to God. Yeah. They make so many beers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Crazy. Oh, they do all sorts of stuff too, like sparkling waters and different teas. Wow. They do a beer called One Inch Inseam. Oh, okay. Huh. Can you imagine pants like that? That would be uncomfortable. Yeah, I don't think they'd work unless you're like a Lego man. Are you like really sagging? Fruit Bat Disco is a beer that they make. Dude, these are, this is, I would say too many beers probably. There's so many. These better not all, these have to be like rotating. Oh, here's here's hot beer all the way at the bottom. Yeah, they make so many beers. They make Altamont's beer list look tiny. Yeah, I was I was thinking Altamont when I read that. Yeah, there's got to be like yeah. 100, 120 there. You think? There's so many beers here, and they don't all have pictures. Mm-mm. What's happening? All right. Well, um, let's drink a couple more sips of this. Maybe talk about it a little bit more. And I'm I'm pretty close to being ready to rate it. I think. Okay, that's fine. It smells. It smells almost a little old to me. I know it isn't, but it's got that smell to it. Hmm. Um, do you know the smell that I'm talking about? Yeah, that just musty cardboardy smell. Yep, and 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 I guess maybe substitute cardboard for sort of uh, sweet maltiness. Um, okay. That kind of heavy, yeah, sweet scent. 
Um, and that's, I mean, coming through a little bit on the taste, obviously, but I don't know, man, it's, it's, it's good. Um, I don't know. I think whether or not I'd buy it again, will come down to price probably. So mm. do you have any final thoughts on hop beard, potentially semicolon mountain man IPA? Yeah, I like it. I think it's a really solid, straightforward, just like West coast hoppy, just simple to the point IPA. Are you sticking it's with fantastic? D- What's that? Are you going to stick with fantastic? Um, you know, in a world where El Segundo Brewing exists, right? Uh, I can't really say that this is fantastic. Okay. I would say that it is above average and it's solid, and, and it's worthwhile. Okay. Um, I don't know if yeah. it's something I'll I'll crave again, but it's it's a really good representation of this style. It's it's a really good, really good. I'm not gonna say fantastic. Really good, yeah, I'm gonna sure. say really good. Okay, what does really uh, yeah, good translate to out of ten? A solid six point six. Nice. Okay, this is just a good above average, definitely above the middle of the road. Like this is a really good IPA. I'm I'm gonna go say it. Yeah, that's what I think, man. Six six. I like it. I would drink it again. Uh, I don't know if I would, you know, seek it out, but if it's fresh, I'm gonna I'm gonna grab a can of this and enjoy it again. I love just the simplistic nature of it. It's not a lot of bells and whistles, which I know is probably making you sad, but I like that. <laughs> I'm over it. it. I'm fine now. Uh, um, did we get you out of your funk with some spelunk? No, like I just <laughs> I just had to reevaluate. Like, okay, this isn't that kind of beer, so I will I will reset and sort of move forward from there. That's fine. Yeah, I That's the longest pause we've had. (laughs) (laughs) I could see um, that first beer really messing up your perception of everything else for like the rest of your day. It's like when you meet your true love in high school and then you end up marrying somebody named Janet when you're 35. And just settling. Yeah. So like maybe you're right, but I think the first beer was better. Yeah. Is my point. Fair enough. I don't know anybody named Janet, which is why I chose Janet. There you go. I'm sure they're fine. There's a Janet. There's good Janets. There's bad Janets. Some Janets like spelunking. Sure. So that was a 6.6 for you. I'm going to give it, uh, you know, I'm going to give it a six. I came up a little bit. It was going to be a five, but I think it's better than a five. It's, uh, it's good. Yeah. I I wouldn't throw out really good like you did, but it's, it's good. I'm, I'm again, not upset that I, I have the privilege of drinking this, but it's, yeah, it's, it's fine. Slightly above fine for me. Well, there you go. Yeah. Hot beard, potentially mountain man from Fanta Flora. We're going to put this beer to bed and we're going to move into hot and bothered. If that's okay with you, Johnny Summers, let's do it. Okay. On our notes, you wrote under hot and bothered. You wrote, I'm not even going to count the second one, but I'm sure you'll talk about it. Uh, what does couch mean? Couch means I got a new couch. Lovely. What happened to your old couch? Uh, it was not the most comfortable anymore and we got it like, and it just, it was never the right couch. Uh, it didn't fill the space right, so we actually have been shopping around for about a year uh, and finally found a sectional that we fell in love with and was within inches of being the absolute perfect fit for our living room. Uh, so, too big or too small? Uh, like, it literally measured up to be within, like, it was perfect. It oh, was not I too see. big. I see. Yeah, like, it's within an inch or two of, like, the ideal size. So, like, it fits absolutely perfect. Uh yeah, so we got an amazing sectional. It's the nicest piece of furniture that we've ever bought, both of us. That's and, a big. Uh, that's a big purchase, dude. Those aren't like couches are not cheap. No, they're not. But we got it on a uh, really good sale at Evans. They're doing like a half off sale. Nice. So we got we got that hookup. 
And uh, also, we both just chipped in with some of our stimulus money. So sure. felt stimulated, bro. I love it. Okay, great. Uh, that was uh, yesterday? Uh, yeah. I picked it up yesterday, used the box truck from work, and then, uh, yeah, in, got it in the house, got it all latched together, had to put the feet on. It was really annoying and sweaty and angry and drank a bunch of White Claw, and it wasn't so bad. Yeah, and then, like, the first, what was it like the first time you sat down after all this, this, uh, hardship of putting it together, getting it through the door, presumably loading it onto the truck. Like, what was the first experience sitting down on this new couch like? All right, I'll tell you. Are you ready? Yeah, I love it. <sighs> That's what it was. That's what Just it was. Like that. Yeah, that makes That's sense. That's what it was. That's a feeling, bro. I, you felt that in I your did. loins. I did. I was going to, about halfway through, I was like, what is it? And then I was, I realized this is the feeling. It's happening now. Yeah. Just like, oh. Yeah, we're this getting, is why we. Yep, this is why we work so hard. Yeah, we're getting real close to needing a new couch. Um, you want my old one? You just said it was not the most comfortable. You say it wasn't good enough. So no, like now uh, I can't. I can't take your old one. Well, it wasn't. Yeah, it's not ideal, but it's also free, and it's that's in true, reasonably very good shape. So okay, so that's where we're at too. Like our couch is in reasonably good shape. Um, that said, it was it used to be like this big wraparound couch, and we've had to take out pieces because our animals are what they are um so like we have a very solid like three seater couch or four seater couch with like a little divider in the middle whatever it was gianna's parents and and then then it was ours and it's just you know it's had a really good run um and our plan was to like maybe see it out to the end of our stay where we're currently living and when we bought a house sort of buy our first couch also because at that point Mm. couch money is nothing for buying a house yeah nothing matters right um, but then that's kind of been on hold, obviously, until this all kind of blows over. So, you know, we're getting a few more, a few extra miles out of that couch, but I, I really appreciate the the necessity and the feeling that you, the good feelings you get when you, or at least I imagine you get when you get a new couch. I'm looking forward oh, to that. Oh, it's, it's pretty dope because there's that feeling of, of buying the couch that you pick out. Yeah. It's just like you pluck that apple from the tree. Right. It's just, it's, and it's weird because it's kind of like, um... You know, it's no one's else had ever sat on that couch when we bought yeah. it. It's not the floor model. It comes wrapped from the manufacturer in mm-hmm. cardboard and plastic. And you're literally the first ones that get to smell it and get to sit on it. There's something about that that's just friggin' awesome. And you load it up in the truck and you drive it off the lot and it depreciates by like 90%. No, that's cars. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> oh wait couches might too they probably do man that's why there's so many on the sides of the road i do like the yeah. idea that you like you pick it out like it's no like you're positive no frat used to have sex on it or like uh any weird stuff that couches go couches go through some weird stuff that other furniture does not have to be exposed to yeah drunk people sleep on them terrible it's, it's yep. a wild time pets spills pets pet spills pets poop pets, on them sure. you never know man yeah so well, congrats yeah, man. That's it was great cool. news Thank you. Yeah, I felt very adult. It's been a very I feel 30 as fuck. Have you uh have you been watching any shows on the new couch? Uh the only show that I I'm still <laughs> watching Mad Men. I can't stop. I'm, How many I'm, seasons are there of that show? There's 7 and I'm okay. almost to season 6. Like since last time we spoke, I've watched two and a half seasons of Mad Men wow. in the last week. And those are hour episodes, yeah? Yeah. Well, TV hours sure. so like 45. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's a fantastic show, and if you've never watched it, I, I'm gonna say it again, and I probably will again 
next week too. Sure. But watch it. It's real good. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. You're watching it on Netflix, I think, or Hulu. Yep. And it's only yeah. on Netflix till June 10th. Oh, it's one of those. Just found out they're taking it off. So it's, uh, it's go time. Okay. You know, like a year or two ago, they were like, we're taking the office off Netflix. And people were like, I'm done with Netflix if that happens. Yep. All right. Well, okay. Yeah, because uh, NB- NBC was going to launch their own streaming service, correct? I think so. Yeah, a lot of TV yeah. TV stations and channels were doing that. They're like, we're mm-hmm. going to make our own. You can. I actually signed up for one uh, when the Oscars were uh, happening because I had to watch them. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. It was probably like ABC or Fox or something. You're probably still getting charged for it. I was for a minute, and I was like, okay, I'll let a lot go by. Like, I can get in charge for apps that I haven't used in years. And that's just mm-hmm. that's just my personality. It's how I am. I know that. But not when it comes to television. You guys have enough money. You don't need mine. F off is what yeah. I say. That's fair. That is super fair. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's what's got me going, man, is sitting on my new couch watching Mad Men. That's that's all I need. Fair. What about you? What's well, got you hot? Anything gotten you bothered? What's yeah, I got, I, got, I got one of each today. There's a film that I crossed off my movie list called Jacob's Ladder from 1990. I When I saw you earlier when we ran into each other buying beers, I could have sworn this is a movie that you had seen. Um, but since you haven't, as unless you've changed your mind since then, have you seen it? Uh, let me look it up right now. Oh, yeah, Tim Robbins. I remember this movie. Sure. Yeah. So it's, it came out in 1990. It's a horror film, kind of, directed by Adrian Lin, who is mostly known for movies not like this. A- Adrian Lin did Fatal Attraction, uh, Flashdance, Indecent Proposal. Um, but Jacob's Ladder is about a guy named Jacob who fought in the Vietnam War and is haunted by uh, PTSD. And the movie sort of increasingly delves into what is real and what is not. Um, he feels as though he's being haunted by demons and um, maybe he is and he might be in purgatory or he might just be dealing with what it's like to fucking fight in Vietnam. Who knows? Um, but it's a very intense movie, which I mean, it's one of those movies that the special effects, which were all practical, actually there was no uh, post effect work done. Um, and because of that, it doesn't necessarily um, hold up in, in that sense. But I think conceptually the scariest stuff does still work 30 years later. That's fair. Um, there's a lot of like, they remade it, I think, which is, which is kind of what, uh, brought it to the forefront of my mind again. They remade it, I think in 2019. Um, and everything I've read is like, don't watch the remake. It's terrible. If you're interested in this concept, watch, uh, watch the original. So I did, I watched it on, I think it was Amazon prime. I think it was available to rent for like three bucks or it might've been free. I can't remember at this point. Um, I watched it back to back last night with uh, contagion. Okay. Um, And I think it was a worthwhile watch. It was, it was heady and kind of weird and left room for a lot of interpretation, which I always like in a horror movie. Yeah. Nice. I like that. And, uh, the good writing. And like you said, the suspense and the story and kind of what made it good still holds true. Yeah. I think that's kind of the, the, the key to making a good horror movie or a thriller or any type of movie in that sort of side of the genre or genres in general, like have something that even if the special effects don't work, the ideas do. Mm -hmm. It's why movies like, like the exorcist still kind of hold up. Yeah, like, exactly. If you took a scene from that movie out of context and just watched it, I, I don't think it would scare many people. But I don't know. There's some cultural stuff ingrained into the into the movie where you're like, this affects me in a big way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a testament to good writing because, I mean, 
most of what horror is is good writing, and the special effects either enhance it or detract from it, but they totally. don't make it. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, it, it, it's not defined by the special effects. Like, you look at movies like The Evil Dead 2, which is one of the greatest horror films of all time, and those special effects don't hold up, but the feel of that movie and... You know, the memorable scenes and it's just it holds up because there's more to it than the special effects. And you get the suspense and and the, the just overall vibe of that movie is so tangible, like mm. it's it's timeless. And that's yeah, that's a testament to good writing and uh, special effects not being as important. But I personally like a lot of those older horror movies yeah. because all the effects are through the camera they're real yeah um that's why like a lot of the old star wars are so awesome because everything you're seeing actually existed uh even yeah. some of the planet models they were just you know Manitures. tiny models that yeah. they zoomed out on you know but it was all real it was tangible yes it doesn't look perfect but it also is a real thing and there's that you know that uncanny valley of like making something too real or not real enough yeah so yeah. Well, was, I, th I think I, that speaks to why you like the Mandalorian too. Like they, they kind of reverted back to that sort of very tangible, practical approach. Yep. hundred percent. It works. You mentioned, yeah, it works. You mentioned the evil dead too. Why not the evil dead original one? Um, the evil dead, the original one was essentially a very, very low budget film. Gotcha. Um, and the evil dead two was, is, is universally known in like the horror community as just the movie that Evil Dead was supposed to be oh, because gotcha. they had the budget and, you know, the Evil Dead one was just a, if you've ever watched it, it's a bare bones, like it has the vibe of like someone's senior project yeah, almost. Sure. Um, whereas the Evil Dead 2 was just uh, that idea come to full fruition. Sure. I will I will give you a dollar if you can tell me who directed him. Sam Raimi. Oh, nice. And I'll give you another dollar now if you can tell me what else he directed that most people would know him from. Spider-Man. All right. I owe you $2. <laughs> All right. Very impressive. You That's such a weird... Try and ask me who well, directed Evil I don't know, Evil man. Dead? That's a weird jump for me. Like To go from a from an 80s kind of B-horror movie to the original three Spider-Mans with Tobey, Tobey Maguire's like, how did you... I'm looking at his films in between. like, what? when did you shift and i don't it's right. just like a jump i'm doing this now yeah uh money talks man i guess money yeah Money talks oh speaking of money and um what it means to people we talked about a movie that sylvester stallone uh starred in for 200 dollars back in the 80s called um oh oh i know what it's called um something kitty and studs it was a softcore porno starring yeah. sylvester stallone in his first theatrical film did you watch it uh, I haven't yet. Okay. I also didn't watch uh, the arm wrestling one. Yeah, I haven't been able to, but, but it's I want still, to still, it's still there. We got to watch it. What's the arm wrestling yeah. one called again? Uh, over the top. Over the top. Yep. Okay. I'm going to find that movie this week and we will use, we will, you have to watch yours too. We're going to do that for bonus content on Patreon next week. I, I agree. And I'm saying uh, this did is you like ever a see throw. We have to write this down because we're going to forget. Right. Did you ever see the Western movie, The Quick and the Dead? No. So another. I'm just looking through Sam Raimi's um, director credits on yeah. IMDb. Yeah, uh, he he obviously did all the Spider Mans and the old Evil Deads, um, but he also did uh, Dark Man, which was a really great horror movie, and then Army of Darkness, which is 
cult classic. But yeah, he did a movie called The Quick and the Dead that starred uh, Gene Hackman and Sharon Stone and Russell Crowe. And Leo DiCaprio. Um, and a very young Leo DiCaprio. Yeah. Um, such a good movie. Uh, if you've never seen that, you should go back and watch that. It was really cool. Like it's, huh. it's a little, it, even when it came out, it was a little cheesy. Okay. I mean, this came out in 95. Um, but dude, it was such a cool, like gunslinger movie about like duels and, and stuff like a Western. I, I like, yeah, yeah. Very Western. Okay. Yeah. I dug that movie. So little homework, you should find that movie and watch it. Now I got to write down two movies that I got to watch. Yeah. Um, okay. Wait, safe to say that you've also seen Sam Raimi's drag me to hell. Yes. So it feels like you're maybe a big Sam Raimi fan, dude. I, I like Sam Raimi. I like a lot of what he's done. So you've seen Evil Dead 1 and 2. How about, okay, I'm yeah. going to keep listening. You just say yes or no. It's murder. Okay. What's that? It's murder. Uh, No. Evil Dead, yes. Crime Wave? No. Evil Dead 2, Dark Man, yep. Yep. Uh, The Nut House with two T's? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, Army of Darkness? Oh, yeah. The Hud Sucker Proxy? Oh, actually, no, sorry, he didn't direct that. Um, Quick and the Dead, yes. A Simple Plan? Uh, yes. Six. For the Love of the Game? Uh-huh. Really? Um, how about The Gift? Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. And then all the Spider-Mans? Yeah. And Drag Me to Hell? You've seen like you've seen like 75% of this guy's filmography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A Simple Plan was pretty cool, man. Okay. Uh, Billy Bob was in that, like a yeah. young Billy yeah, Bob. Yeah, he was. Interesting. Then, I'm looking back. For the Love of the Game was great, obviously. Is that a baseball, baseball movie? Movies. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, and then The Gift was not bad. What am I thinking? I'm thinking of a movie with Joel Edgerton, and I'm. it's not called The Gift, but that's what it's making me think of. A horror movie that um, came out pretty recently. You told me to watch it, it. They Come at Night? No. Good guess. I've seen that. Um, uh, oh, man. It was like a creepy movie. Joel Edgerton was the creepy guy. And you were like, you have to watch this. It's not The Gift, but it's like The Gift in terms mm. of the name. I'm going to look it up real quick. Yeah. <clears throat> um, horror movie. Uh, 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 I'm trying to remember. I think it was Joel Edgerton. I could be wrong. Yeah, because like for some reason I had it stuck in my head that you really liked him. I'm, yeah, I don't really like him. He's fine. Yeah. Let me see. Gaslit. Uh, the King, Gringo, Red Sparrow, Bright. It comes at night. Loving Midnight Special. Jane got a gun. Black Mass. The Gift. It. That's not the same gift, is it? <laughs> no. But there, it, wait, is he in a movie called The Gift? Uh, yeah, oh, with yeah. Jason Bateman. That was a good movie. Okay, it is called The Gift. I'm not, I'm not crazy. Yeah. That's what you told me to watch. Yeah. Okay, so they just stole the name of a Sam Raimi movie. Yeah. Did you ever watch that? No. That movie was fucking nuts. I got to open up a Google Doc now. Hang on. Yeah. We're going to have to make a new Google Doc like we did last week. And we're going to be like, all right. Oh, my Questions God. to ask brewers, movies to watch for each other. Okay, hang tight. I'm going to write mine here. And now, so we have The Gift. It's 2015, right? Uh, Yes. Okay, what else did you just say? I need to watch uh, Over the Top. Uh, the Quick and the Dead. And The Quick and the Dead. The Quick and then, and um, the... You should probably watch The uh, Evil Dead, too. Oh, my Lord. Okay, great. Well, I mean, if that's just something you should watch in your life. 
Okay. You know, well, then and, sure. al- and also Army of Darkness. Okay. <laughs> just, I'm going to get a Sam Raimi poster while I'm at it. Yeah, Sam Raimi's a good director, man. I guess so, dude. Um, yeah. Okay. What did I just tell you to watch? Oh, I don't well, know. you got to watch Kitty and Studs. Yeah. Whatever that, that is. Softcore porn with Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> That's quality American cinema, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to touch back on Jacob's Ladder, uh, sure. the remake. Yeah. The 2019 remake. Yeah. Uh, I'm just going to tell you what some of its ratings are on the internet. Oh, I've so don't. You, yeah. Just in case you guys weren't sure, like, maybe I'll watch it anyways. Yeah. Go maybe ahead, Max is wrong. It's got <laughs> a a 31% on Metacritic, which yeah. isn't the worst. Metacritic has is, a, Go ahead. It doesn't matter. It has a 3.4 on IMDb and a big whopping five on Rotten Tomatoes. It's yeah, it's like really, really, really bad, ridiculously bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Watch so yeah, we're, watch we're the not going to watch that. No. Um. All right. So that was a fun tangent of movies that we need to watch. Now that, was, that we're getting, yeah. I want to bring it back around because this this note that you've made <laughs> cannot be ignored. Uh, yeah. Uh, please elaborate on back waxing yeah i figured this week i'd do a hot and a bothered jacob's ladder was my hot uh and my bothered is that i for some reason um our neighbors slash uh basically roommates slash landlords um i was walking around to the garage we kind of live in on a property where there's two houses so to get to the garage i have to go between the two and we're always like hey what's up um and it was jen and serena over there and I popped in to say hello. I was like, hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? And they said, go oh, good. We just, you know, we got this waxing kit. And I thought, well, that sounds like an invitation to me. So I was like, well, what are you guys going to use it on? And they were like, well, I don't know. We just want to test that. I was like, well, you could try my back if you want. And they said, really? And I said, yes. And I said, wait right here. I ran home. Uh, I put on some like basketball shorts and my kimono. Okay. Uh, and I grabbed a glass of wine put on my flip-flops, walked back over. We put on bridesmaids and we were drinking wine and we waxed my back and it was lovely. And then I think they did their legs uh, and it turned into like a really fun girls night where we just watched bridesmaids and drank wine and several shots of vodka to, you know, help with the back waxing feelings. Did you yell Kelly Clarkson? No, I didn't. I, I didn't want to rip off Steve too much. You should have. I know, but I figured if I, if was, I was doing my back chest- waxing pun, you just said rip off. Come on. Thank you for catching that. I didn't mean to do it, but yes, it was. Get, get out. <laughs> Anyways, so I, I'd one time tried um, waxing, uh, I think like a part of like, this is going to sound like I've had hair my whole life on my back, but like many years ago, I tried to wax like a strip of my arm with um, Sean of, of you know who Sean is. I guess that's all that matters. And his wife, yeah. Kristen, I went to visit them when their son was born, uh, when my godson was born. And they tried it and I broke out in this horrible, like what looked like razor burn, but it was just irritation from the waxing. And I thought, well, that was years ago. Like, it'll be fine now if we do it again. So we did both of my kind of like upper back shoulder areas and like just fully a day later, just horrible, just rash and like broken out horrible. Like it looks like I had hives. Yikes. Anyways, I did some digging. Apparently if I'm going to do wax, somebody like me with very sensitive skin, I need hard wax, not soft wax, soft wax. You put the paper on and rip it off and hard wax. You pour it on, you peel the wax off because it only sticks to the hair and not the skin. Pro tip, if you're thinking about waxing yourself, I think go for hard wax. A little more expensive, but way more efficient, less painful. Go hard or go home. Am I right? I think so. Yeah. That's fair. Anyways, that um, was mine. Is your your back cleared up now? Not really. Oh. 
Because well, we I kind of wanted to see it, but we were now all I don't. drinking, man. We we're all drinking. Like it's not. <laughs> I didn't do a good job. <laughs> like sometimes you get drunk and wax your friends. Yeah, right? like they went over. They went over multiple spots multiple times, and like there's still hair. I don't. I think waxing's a scam at this point. Like I think it's. I think it's big wax just trying to make a dollar off the idiots like me. They're like, yeah, I could. Big. I need that. You know what the other thing is, man, <laughs> is that like I'm I'm pretty hairy consistently, like from my wrist to my shoulder. And at some point, you got to be like, all right, we got to draw a line. And so we literally drew a line with a sharpie about midway up my bicep, and oh, somehow that's the only part that was like perfectly waxed. So I got this giant clear line where my hair stops and it's just like okay. i guess i'm wearing a t-shirt now in reverse it kind looks, of it looks like you're just wearing like long over the elbow gloves at yeah, all it's, times it's, it's like i'm wearing a spandex t-shirt it's gross this is a disaster <laughs> <laughs> yeah it wasn't good but what are you gonna do uh you know sometimes you get drunk and get waxed shit yeah. happens yeah um anyways that was my hot and bothered you've covered yours do you want to hop back into uh into our film or do you feel like we're good where, where are you at with this I honestly don't have much else to say about it, dude. I think I'm personally there. Like, I, I get there's some gripes about the movie making that we covered. Uh, I don't think there's a lot to spoil. For me personally, I don't feel like we need to talk about that movie anymore. Okay, I am on the same page. So in that spirit, we're going to wrap things up here. I wanted to give one more shout out to patreon.com. Dot com where you can support this show. We're going to end this episode and go review... Uh, well, Johnny, why don't you tease it? You meant you was your idea. You might as well give it the teaser. Yes. So uh, if you're a member of Patreon, stay tuned uh, and tune into that on your Patreon feed. We're going to be doing, we're calling it a wild little beast of an episode. We're going to be reviewing Sierra Nevada's brand new uh, wild little thing, their sour version of their hazy little thing, as well as their fantastic beast or uh, strange beast. Uh, hard Strange beasts and where to find them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're going to be doing all of Sierra Nevada's funky new stuff that's not quite right for a regular episode, but it's absolutely perfect for us to just, you know, loosen our ties, kick back, and get a little weird uh, with a Patreon episode. So that one's going to be juicy. I feel like we both have have some feelings flowing uh, about things good and bad. I'm excited. There's going to be some fun energy put into this new episode. So if you're not on Patreon, you should really think about joining and checking that out because... The rewards are dope. You get more of us plus bonus content where we review weird stuff. So if that's not all you need, I don't know what else to give you. If you're like, Johnny, but that sounds like a lot of work. I don't, what is, what do you, how do you even join? It's super easy. You guys go to patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. It takes, I think literally three minutes to sign up. You get access to that a year's worth of uh, random bonus content. Sometimes it's very uh, show focused. Like Johnny just said, what we're doing today. Sometimes it's random ramblings of us. We did for about a year, uh, five minute movie reviews from starting from the year when Johnny was born. So random stuff you could check out. We should, we should go back to that. You know, I was thinking there's going to be a week coming up here where I don't think we can record and we should do a, at the very least, like a reheat of one of those and like drop them in or whatever. We'll talk about this is production notes. We need to have at least yeah. one, but yeah, I agree. It was a fun, it was a fun, uh, fun thing we did. 
Dude, we got to get out of here. Uh, okay, very lastly, then, if you've had Monty's Reserve from Double Nickel, or you've seen Lost Transmissions or Contagion or watched Jerry Seinfeld's new special, or you've tried Hot Beard from Fontaflora, or you got a new couch, or you saw Jacob's Ladder, or you've been watching Mad Men, or for some weird reason, you also had your back waxed, let us know. You can reach out at all the social medias we talked about at the top of the show, or you can send us a good old-fashioned email at fhccast at gmail.com. As usual, the show wouldn't be what it is without Bailey and Lisa Minardi. My name is Max Minardi. And I'm Johnny Summers. We'll see you next week. This is Fresh Hot Cinema.